Welcome back. It's been a hot minute. I've been overseas for a bit of work and travel, but it's definitely good to be back in Australia. I thought we would start this episode with a bit of a wrap up of the WNBF World Show in Seattle because that's what I was traveling for. So essentially, yeah, the standard across bikini was just sensational. It was so surreal to watch, to watch, especially because I competed myself in 2019 alongside you, Nicole. So it was really cool to come back as a coach. And yeah, just the standard was absolutely crazy. The lineups were stacked. And I did find that the judges seemed to favor a leaner, more muscular look as exemplified by the overall winner. I think she was a woman from Canada. Uh, Her name was Michelle Elliott. So she won bikini short and then took out the overall title. Bikini medium was taken out by a lady named Sabrina Toomey. I hope I'm pronouncing these names correctly (laughs) because I apologize. And then Bikini Pro Tall by Janaina Reese. I'm not too sure. Um, So yeah, once again, apologies if I've mispronounced any names. Also, a special mention to my client Zoe, who had her pro debut in Pro Bikini Medium. She unfortunately didn't place top five, but she, you know, only received a pro card a few weeks prior. So we really just wanted to see how she measured up on a world stage. We were going to compete as an amateur um, prior to her getting her pro card. So we were going regardless. But yeah, she ended up coming eighth in the world, which we were ultimately, I guess, pretty stoked with considering. Did you watch any of the lives or were you just (laughs) checking stories? I, I was stalking insta um so the live stream just happened to be for us in australia because it was a two-day showing Mm -hmm. um so if you don't know about wmbf worlds they used to have it on one day now it's two which is fantastic because it means it doesn't go all night so amateurs competed on the saturday in the u.s and pros on the sunday but obviously with the time difference it meant that it's a day later for us so that meant i was in client check-ins for the pro show so I didn't get to watch any live stream, um, but I believe the quality might not have been that great as well from what I heard. But luckily, I've got a lot of friends that are judges and coaches and we're also attending. So I got to see a lot of people that were obviously also on the panel because we had uh, WMBF Australia president uh, Sebastian was on the panel alongside Taiwan President Eason, who I judged with for their show as well. So I got to see um, some really up close and personal footage, which is cool. But the one thing that I was really excited about was every single pro category was a new overall winner this year, which was fantastic. So that means no reigning overall pro winners uh, took it out. There were some that did come back, but unfortunately didn't reclaim their title so I think that's really exciting and like very encouraging for up-and-coming competitors to know that like the sport you always have the opportunity and you really truly never know what's going to happen so I think that's awesome but I agree the standard was phenomenal and I did have a bit of FOMO not being there of course um so Hopefully we'll get to go back there very soon. Um, my my end goal for like judging is actually to judge a WMBF World Show. Oh, I love so, that. Let's yeah. put that out there to the universe. I know. So out there. <laughs> but it's kind of cool. Definitely chipping away at that goal. Um, I will be officially actually um, judging overseas next year, which is cool. Really? Again. So, I did not know this. Where will you be judging? I will be in Taiwan for their April show. So I've been asked to That's go there. Awesome. Um, and potentially still going back to New Zealand in the later half of the year as well. So 
that will be very exciting. So it's like one little stepping stone away. So yeah, yeah but oh, I definitely had some FOMO not being there because if you've been there as a competitor or um, just even spectator in person, it's a really fantastic show. Like, yeah, absolutely. So cool. What did you think of the atmosphere being a like spectator and coach compared to being an athlete? I yeah, I thought it was awesome. I guess you don't really get to see much when you're a competitor yourself because you're not only on stage when you're on stage, and then yeah, the rest of it you're just waiting backstage. So I didn't re- like realistically get to see much at all when I competed. I don't know if you went into the audience at all. No, oh, actually, there was a brief moment the last worlds that we competed in in new york i did just to kind of get a gauge of the stage but from memory they asked us not to really leave the area because it was so big and they had ushers but i was uh, just worried i'd miss getting up on stage that's it like it was a bit of a weird scenario getting to the stage i remember having to walk through the school in a very kind of odd way to get backstage but I didn't really watch it um in previous years again I didn't watch it always kind of stay backstage Um, and when they did a one-day event the pros were first so I would be done and then kind of like exiting so um didn't really get to watch I remember though my first worlds in Boston in 2017 I actually had a nice little nap at the top of the um the auditorium at the back of the seats for a couple of hours no one probably knew about that one but um yeah. <laughs> so just hiding in a little back row um but yeah no it's definitely a very cool experience so also we have to say a big congratulations to our australian fit body pro over uh, becky pateman so congratulations to becky for actually taking out a world's pro title so that's very very exciting and um something that you know is really commendable given the fact that we haven't had a world's team from Australia go over for a few years. So that's really, really cool to see Australians like up there. And we also had some really other fantastic competitors. So um, do you remember how everyone else went in their categories? I'm fairly sure that Leah Marie placed top five or top three from memory in figure. Um and also Anastasia, she placed top five as well in figure. There. Yeah. I mean, people that I can remember off the top of my head, but, yeah, we had a lot of success with our Australian team, which is absolutely incredible. And just to touch on Becky Pateman, like her physique, which is <laughs> absolutely insane, like to me it was just such a standout on stage. Like there was just no doubt in my mind that she was first place. I feel like it wasn't even... I don't want to say it wasn't even close, but like her physique was just so impressive. So she was definitely impressive on the Australian stage and um, for sure, like amazing potential, obviously still up and coming and crazy to see what she'll be able to accomplish in a couple of years as well. um, It's so cool. And um, Anastasia, congratulations. She, um, she's actually from New Zealand. So yeah, I I actually met her at the New Zealand show. So oh, she okay. made great improvements between the Australia show and obviously Worlds. I believe she took out a top five placing in the Masters uh, yeah. category. Yeah. So congratulations to her as well. But just congratulations to all our athletes for representing Australia and heading over because it's such a crazy experience and one that you truly will cherish. And it's so cool to be able to travel internationally and compete as an athlete because you truly feel like an athlete 
You um, really do, yeah. Because yeah. you would have obviously been over a few days earlier with Zoe to do polygraph and, like, athlete registration. Yeah, so we arrived on the Tuesday and then the comp was on the weekend. So we gave ourselves a few days, which was actually needed because Zoe did experience a fair bit of fluid retention from the flight. I think it was just she had to have tuna for a lot of her meals just for protein because she couldn't pack anything else I think just the sodium from that made her retain a lot of water so yeah we were really grateful that we arrived a few days prior just so we could um you know adjust her nutrition so that she wasn't experiencing that anymore but yeah everything other than that went really smoothly we didn't really encounter any issues just went straight to the grocery store got everything sorted and yeah um uh, thankfully we had a kitchen unfortunately she didn't have a kitchen in her hotel which she thought oh, she was going to so she, I was she cooking booked her a chicken. hotel and like didn't get the kitchenette yeah well she oh. said a kitchenette but the only thing that they were provided with I think was a mini fridge so <laughs> not quite a kitchenette um, <laughs> so on kitchenette <laughs> yeah so I was I was cooking a kitchen at our uh, cooking a kitchen I was cooking her chicken in our kitchen at our Airbnb hoping that I didn't give her salmonella I do not trust myself cooking chicken and you were like, uber eats delivery for protein consumption yeah literally that week. <laughs> I think when I'm cooking my own chicken like I'm fine making it dry because I'm like at least I'm not going to make myself sick but when I was cooking it for her I was like okay I have to make sure this chicken is like <laughs> it's cooked well I'm like I'm like chopping it into the tiniest pieces making sure it's not pink <laughs> she's just like looking at it, it's like my chicken has been dissected <laughs> yeah literally <laughs> sorry about that Zoe but she didn't get sick so that's cool I'm not, but that's, I'm not very domestic <laughs> that's a good um point of reference though for like flying though because sometimes you don't think about potential food sources and how that might impact your uh, ability to hold fluid in particular areas but Compression tights, number one hot tip Ooh. when flying um, for any length of flight if you're a competitor, um, particularly for international. And I used to double up with doing compression tights and also compression socks because oh, okay. um, just cut off that circulation. Like, <laughs> no, no, you can't feel anything at all. But it is funny that you mentioned that because um, my first world that I came back from, um, I didn't actually stay in the US, but I did experience a little bit of ankle swelling on that flight um, coming back. And that was only because I had the show. The show ran late. We had dinner at around midnight. And then the next day was like a bit of a free day before I had to go to the airport and basically leave. So, of course, like I was eating food that was I wasn't used to and then getting on a plane. So yeah. that one was probably not the best idea. Not that it was excessive. It was just different foods. Yeah. Um, so compression tights or compression socks can definitely be your best friend. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> But that's cool. I'm so glad that you're back. You've definitely been missed. So it's lovely to have you back. And no doubt your listeners are very excited to have you back as well. Oh, I'm glad. So speaking of what have I missed while I've been gone? How are things on your end? And I guess how is your deficit going? Because we did touch on that Hmm. a few episodes ago that you've started your deficit. Give us a little rundown. So things for me at the moment are um, I'm six weeks into a eight-week mini cut. So that will finish up basically the week of Christmas, which is Mm -hmm. 
perfect timing, right? Um, so that's going progressively well. Um, I'm definitely an advocate for pulling more aggressively and a mini cut immediately and kind of holding it and then making minimal changes if necessary. So I've maintained and just had one slight change during that time and started to implement refeeds as of last week, which was good. Definitely started to experience some dieting uh, effects um, at that point, which was timely given the nature of the deficit. And um, like I don't obviously expend a lot of energy given that I work at home. So my steps, I don't have a step count when I'm in off season. So even like just be more more on par with just getting 10K steps because that's all I just aim for each day. Like that's me going out of my way quite a bit. So it does mean that my days obviously are a little bit longer than normal, which, you know, in the grand scheme of things, it doesn't sound like a hell of a lot compared to a lot of other people. And I dare say a lot of people will think, 10k that sounds like a dream (laughs) but when you do like three to four k it's it's a change it's a bit of an effort yeah yeah um and I'm I'm down just under four kilos during that six weeks so that's really productive and um after that I'll be maintaining and then um I'll do a little pre-prep phase before I kick off my prep for next year so kind of like all systems go at the moment so it's a nice little taste of what's to come and definitely enjoying the hunger side of things because I haven't obviously had to be in a, a deficit for a little while so it's actually nice to experience that and just have some routine and um like I'm enjoying this period a lot. My training is really productive as well. Um, I'm not really seeing much decline. The only decline I've noticed is really more so because I've just had um, some like tightness and things with my back, which is pretty normal um, once I get to a point of just training and then like posturally and stuff, I just need to like start to release some some key areas. But outside of that, um, I'm going really well. So that's what's happening for me at the moment so outside of just dieting and having to walk the dog a little bit more that that's just super manageable but I guess you're lucky to be in that position that you don't have much expenditure so it is very easy to just increase that slightly whereas I guess if you had an extremely active job or something like that then it would yeah I mean I've I've done the extremes where I've had to do 16 to 17 k steps and preps before but that's when I've had also um, jobs where I was on my feet a lot more. But the benefit of obviously um, being less physically active is ideally you should only need to increase like, I guess it's all relative, right? Like I'm, I'm, I actually am doubling my step count and to a degree, if someone is physically active in their day to day, they might not have to double their output. But um, like I'm not doing any other cardio, but I also opt for being in a greater deficit with my nutrition because I find that more manageable for myself. So I would rather have that during a mini cut phase than going excessive on like steps and things. And then it's an easier transition to get out into a maintenance phase or going back up to 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 building or something like that again. Yeah. Yeah, what is the plan post diet? So obviously you're finishing up a week before Christmas. Yeah. What's the plan? So uh, Daniel and I are going to be in Cairns for Christmas, so we'll be heading away and spending time with his family, which will be lovely. So um, the plan is obviously to have some flexibility over Christmas, but uh, controlled flexibility. So 
Um, I'm actually having Christmas with my family next weekend. And this is something that I opted for. We're actually doing a barbecue. So that way I can track that. Okay. So that that's something that um, I decided on doing. So that way I could still align with my goals. It's not going to yeah. impact my ability to also do something with my family. And that's something that I like to also recommend as to someone that might have a similar goal during the holiday period and stuff like that. So even while I'm going to be away, I'm going to still be tracking my macros and like kind of managing off-plan meals to maybe once or twice a week. And obviously they don't have to be excessive meals either, which is cool. So it might just be, you know, cooking a family dinner with everyone and stuff like that. So the goal is not to necessarily um, go all out. It's Mm -hmm. very much still a maintenance and, knowing what my goals are for next year, it will be a a definitely like more controlled um, like surplus, like building things back up and just kind of hovering uh, between a certain weight range and just trying to keep that steady there. Is this how you would normally navigate the Christmas period or how has this year differed from, I guess, previous years for you? Um, well, previous, the last couple of years, I obviously haven't been um, looking at competing. So I've just been in an off season so it hasn't needed to be as regimented if that's the right word but in the same token I don't necessarily have a lot of social events for Christmas our families are pretty relaxed so that means that we just have like one Christmas period where we'd have like one meal so I'm not going out for like a month or two straight and having like multiple meals which a lot of people will do but also, even if I did have something like that, um, I would still be looking at that as um, whether that level of flexibility aligns with my goals. And I, it's something that I would suggest anyone that's going through the next couple of months to have a little bit of a think about whether they know what balance looks like for them to be able to still be able to engage in certain things in a controllable manner or it's like no I want to be completely flexible just be in the moment and enjoy like what that looks like for them and how it's going to impact their ability to progress with their goal so Mm -hmm. if you are someone like me that's looking at maybe competing in the next year that's probably something that you probably want to think a little bit more about as to you know do I need to just enjoy the holidays because of food or can I enjoy it because of other things as well and the time I'm spending with my family is it going to impact my training and my ability to perform am I going to be affected by my mood and mental health because I've gone like really flexible or do my goals uh not look like that and maybe I can be a little bit more flexible so yeah, so that was a really long-winded answer. No, but, no, <laughs> but, um, no, I, I feel like you really need to anticipate, I guess, how you're going to approach these events. And obviously things don't always go according to plan. Like sometimes we overindulge mm. and, you know, that happens. We're human, but we move on. But I think just recognizing I guess like you said in advance you've already decided okay I'm going to allow myself a bit of flexibility here and there I'm going to have a handful of meals that I may not track and for the for the most part I'm going to be pretty consistent with my macros because obviously you have that long-term goal of competing next year Um, whereas I guess maybe someone else on the other token who maybe just came out of comp prep and they might be very um overwhelmed by the events coming up especially because you've been so strict for all of the months prior Mm -hmm. it's I guess 
there's that expectation from friends and family that you don't have to be that way anymore because you're not in yes. prep. Um, yes, yes. And it can be really hard to, I guess, still uphold that when you feel pressure from those around you because you obviously aren't in prep anymore and you don't want to miss out on those occasions with your friends and family. But I guess, like you said, it's about finding that balance and what that means to you. And I feel like you don't really know until you put the put yourself in those situations I think if you're inclined to just avoid all social settings because you feel as though you don't trust yourself um that's when people really tend to be stuck in that all or nothing mentality and they yeah they just don't have any confidence um or, or control I guess in in terms of eating out so I really encourage all of my clients to put themselves in those social settings like the worst you could do is overeat and then you know for next time okay this is how I'm going to approach it differently and reflect and make improvements from there but I think once you establish that trust and realize that um, the fruit is always going to be there it's not going anywhere um, it makes such a big difference and I yeah do are you worried at all coming out of a deficit and then having the Christmas period so close together? No. 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 Um, I, I'll be honest. I, I, I like food. I like eating. I you me both, food. girl. <laughs> like, I literally joke to Daniel all the time that I have his appetite and he's a 90-kilo man. Like, <laughs> I'm definitely, like, if I wanted to, I could eat. But I also have to remember I'm 163 centimetres. I'm tea girl and it's not realistic for me to eat the same quantities as someone else and as much as I love uh like special things like my mom for instance will always make certain things at Christmas time and like that's the one time of year that we have them she makes these um like marshmallow balls and she always every year makes sure that they have pink marshmallows in them so that (laughs) way I get my favorite ones and they're kind of like a stocking stuffer so I literally get them once a year and there's something I look forward to but I've learned over time to appreciate that as like a gesture that I get to have but I can also manage that by like the way I manage this so that way I didn't feel like I had to have it all in one go Mm -hmm. is I actually asked my mom if she could actually make less and make it more as though it's like um like a gift so that way I could feel like I was receiving something that had value because it was like a childhood memory for me Mm -hmm. and that's been actually really great because it means that I get to enjoy this I don't feel um like I'm being excessive over something and obviously like this is just an one example um but like outside of that um we always try to look at when we do Christmas and things as being really realistic as to like how many people we're going to be catering for and like is it necessary for us to have all these different types of food like mm-hmm. what like we never try to have food wastage and things like that so yeah. when we're planning Christmas we we are a little bit more um like aware of certain things like that and um for, for more context my mum has had um a gastric uh sleeve um yeah inputted so she obviously can't have as much and then um so that obviously means that you know when we're looking at preparing meals it means we are also factoring in that my mom is having uh less food so as a result we just don't have as much variety and we're just really specific with the things that we want that we get the most enjoyment from so I think planning is a big key so um I think being able to recognize that 
the holidays don't have to be a free-for-all. You could just have a small part of the things that you enjoy the most and like mm-hmm. enjoy that for what it is and know that, okay, cool, this is a special time of year I'm spending with people I love and I get to enjoy this. And it's almost something that you look forward to more so because of the memories that you create rather yeah. than the fact that you're just eating food for the sake of eating food. Mm-hmm. So that's, yeah, like it's never a concern for me at the moment. Mm-hmm. It's been for a while about yeah. periods like that because I've done a really good job at working on my relationship with food over many years and mm-hmm. then also looking at why I'm spending time with people and it's like, just being present exactly yeah 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 and I think just recognizing that that food is always going to be there I know that that's um I guess something that a lot of people struggle with but I even give us an example like me going on holiday to America and obviously we ate out pretty Mm. much for every meal when we weren't at our Airbnb for the first week because we had access to a kitchen then but for the remaining two weeks we had to eat out for every single meal and you just crave a vegetable you just want to come home <laughs> you want to cook your own meals like you miss it like when, once you're actually yes. I guess allowing yourself to have that and nothing is off limits you don't even want it like <laughs> you know that it doesn't make you feel great to eat that way all the time um and yeah it's nice to have those foods in moderation but it definitely makes you miss and crave your routine and I know that I was like very eager to come home <laughs> to have more whole foods and um I've, I found even when I was out you know, at burger restaurants, I was just ordering like a steak and veg and mash because I just wanted a default mode. And yeah, yeah I just wanted it. like whole foods. I wanted something fresh. I just didn't feel like anything greasy. So I guess when that option is always available to you, you're just less inclined to want it, I think, because you know how it makes you feel and it doesn't feel great. So um, I was definitely keen to just get home and yeah. get back to my regular eating habits. So you're heading up to Cancer. Well, like, we're both going to be in Cancer Christmas. Yeah, which so, wasn't planned. <laughs> <laughs> which is just random, but it's cool. We might hopefully be able to do a little catch up. But um, I love that. Like, for you for navigating this Christmas, like obviously your goals are quite different to mine. So yeah. how are you going into your, your holiday period then? So I have been intuitively eating for around two years now. I guess I'm just going to speak from prior experience when I had finished competing and I did experience that insatiable hunger. I think that I kept feeling that insatiable hunger until I reached a healthy level of body fat and was eating, you know, in a surplus for a number of um weeks to months but I definitely definitely struggled with that and your story about your mum making you a stocking stuff I remember my mum every single year she makes me um chocolate caramel slice and I, I she did this one year after I had competed for Christmas and she gave me an entire container of it and I just could not help myself <laughs> like I just kept going because it tasted so good I definitely overindulged I was like did not feel the best afterwards obviously but also in my head it was that all or nothing mentality like okay but I'm like back into it tomorrow so like why well, I'll just finish it now mm. um I think I ate the whole container but I ate like a That's decent dumb. amount of it like whereas <laughs> now like I could easily just have one slice and just move on like I'm not inclined to do that and I guess that's because I've you know been mm. out of that state for so long and my relationship with food has definitely improved and yeah just knowing I guess that food isn't going anywhere um I guess my 
intention for this month with my nutrition is really just so I don't know if I mentioned that I had a blood test and my doctor said that my iron was really low so we're just doing a bunch of tests to investigate that because I also had um, low white blood cells I don't know something to do with my immunity but anyway so we're really focusing on bringing up my iron so I've been just incorporating more iron rich foods having more red meat in my diet so I've definitely noticed a big difference to my energy levels so since being home I'm really just prioritizing prioritizing my fruit and veg and also um, just getting enough protein evenly throughout the day as well. Mm-hmm. And I've definitely been feeling so much better. So I'm really happy about that. And yeah, I guess I'm similar to you in that like my Christmas will just be sort of with, um, you know, immediate family. Yeah. So it's not going to be anything crazy. Uh, my brother's partner is Canadian. So she normally does like a little Canadian Christmas dinner um so normally it's yeah it's very wholesome it's pretty much just like meat veg um the only thing that's really like indulgent I guess would be the dessert otherwise I feel like it's quite similar to like a roast dinner like it's nothing crazy I think people trip out on Christmas and holidays mainly for obviously like alcohol consumption and sweets see I'm not Um, much a drinker that's neither am I yeah so um if I drink, it will be on only very special occasions and Dang. I don't drink a lot of different types of alcohol. I It's something that doesn't agree with me very well mm-hmm. um, and I get quite sick. So I don't really do it very often at all. So I guess in a way that works in my favour and my goals because it means that I'm not going to be um, you know, having excess calories as yeah. a result of that and then also the negative implications of having alcohol consumption being that you know, reduced MPS, so muscle protein synthesis. So it's not really reflecting my ability to train well and build Uh muscle. So, you know, if that is your goal and you're going into the holiday period and uh, you're doing a lot of sociable drinking because you've got a lot of functions and stuff, can be really hard. And and I know there's a lot of peer pressure to obviously say no to colleagues or friends and family, like wanting to partake. But I think that that comes down to the fact that as a society, we just expect that to be the norm, but that's not necessarily mm-hmm. the case. Like, no. I, I think that's just a innate pressure that we have developed as humans, and um, it's something that you can definitely overcome. And um, it, you don't have to feel like you need to partake and still enjoy yourself. And mm-hmm. I think when it comes to like things like desserts and and foods, like special foods, like. Obviously, like if it's something that you really enjoy, you could always take it away and have it at another day, particularly if you're going to a family event. You know, you could, what's wrong with maybe saying, I this, I really enjoy this milk. Like, um, can I take some home with me and maybe have some another day or like get the recipe and make it yourself or something like that? I, it doesn't need to be like it's all here and I'm going to eat it all just because it's here. Like yeah. there's ways in which you could enjoy that at another time. Mm. Um, but I think when it comes to alcohol, alcohol is a tricky one, um, for sure. (laughs) Yeah. I think just being confident in your decision as well. I think when people know that there's a possibility to potentially, uh, change your decision, that's when they're more inclined to peer pressure you. But if I'm just like, no, and change the subject, then 
you know, it's like you're pretty straightforward in your answer. No one's going to try and change your mind if yeah. you're just pretty much blatantly like no and then steer the conversation a different way. You know, or even just like if you're driving, like no one's going to be pressuring you to drink if you're the one driving or driving yourself home. So, um, yeah. That's a great guess- tip. Like if you're wanting to avoid that scenario, up for being the designated driver. Yeah, no one's going to oh, make sure you have a drink. So, yeah. <laughs> I think there's yeah. even like. um By the limit, like. How do you get like um, uh, non-alcoholic beverages that look like wine and like even like, like wine bottles and all kinds of things nowadays? So you, know, you could almost have someone else imitation if you were really that concerned. <laughs> but honestly, no one cares. Like as long as you're having a good time, like no one's asking, how drunk are you? Like <laughs> <laughs> and you're not making a fool of yourself. <laughs> yeah, I knew that enough sober anyway. So <laughs> it's funny though. I think that. Like everyone um, over the holiday period, I think just in general um, can obviously be a little bit loose and a little bit silly. And obviously it falls into that period of, oh, new year, new year, new me kind of scenario, which, you know, hopefully people don't fall into that category because obviously like you can change who you are at any point in time. It doesn't have Mm. to be a new year in order to do that. And you ideally don't want to start a new year um, because you're feeling guilty from your actions and behaviors over that period as well. So I think if you look at it from that perspective too, it can really help you navigate through, you know, the next month or so and and know that, okay, like if I have a goal, even if it's not within the next year, maybe it's the next two, two to three years, you know, it doesn't mean that I have to wait until this period is over before I start making change. I can start making change now and, yeah, I might still have some difficulties managing things, but I can chip away at that and I'm going to be better for it when it comes to a period where I can focus more on it and mm. build better habits. So I think that's an important yeah. message too. I think when you recognise that there is no perfect time, that's mm-hmm. when you like really get out of your own way because if you're constantly just waiting for all circumstances to be perfect, like what happens when shit hits the fan and then you can't be consistent because, you know, your circumstances aren't perfect. Like there's never going to be a perfect time to start. You just have to start. And I think I used to definitely hold so much importance on a brand new year. It was almost like new year, new me. I definitely fell into that trap, whereas <laughs> now I don't really hold any importance onto the fact that it goes from the 31st to the 1st. Um, it doesn't really have much meaning to me. It is a nice time for me to be able to, like, reflect on my year and maybe set new goals for myself, but it's not like I'm going to completely change my identity <laughs> just because it's a new year. And I definitely don't wait to, like, set goals just because it's a new year. And I know that many people are inclined to do that. They'll just, you know, even put off, like, coaching or put off their fitness goals until the new year when it's less busy. But something I get my clients to do is to map out their month. And realistically, when you put things in perspective, you've only got a handful of events out of, you know, an entire month. It really doesn't take up that much of your, you know, much time in the scheme of things. Like, if you have four or five events but there's 31 days like there's so many more days that you can actually be consistent for and then I think that's when you stop falling into that all or nothing mentality because you recognize okay well I can be consistent like 80 80 to 90 percent of the time it's that 10 to 20 percent where I am maybe not being the most consistent but you're going to get so much further in the long run by being 80 to 90 percent consistent as opposed to you know 100 percent consistent on a few days and then zero percent yes yeah the next so and even if that's like 
maybe you're 70%, it's still mm. better than you being at 50. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's like I think someone compared it to a dial. It's like, you know, you're adjusting the dial. It's like it doesn't have to be ramped all the way up. Like you can kind of just have it somewhere. <laughs> it can't be boiling middle. hot. It can't be freezing cold. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Just have it somewhere in the middle and, you know, you're going to have, have times where you kind of adjust that dial and maybe you need to be a little bit more flexible and the times where you have to put your foot down, like being in a comp prep. But, um, yeah, you should never just be switching it completely on or completely off. You can find that middle ground. Yeah. So for people that are in comp prep right now, like um, this is probably an interesting topic because for for one, like I think it's very individualised, uh, like Christmas Day, for example, and yeah. like being in prep. My my thoughts on that is like it's no different than any other day. And if you decide to compete and it aligns with a special holiday, even a birthday and an anniversary, okay, you you you're not able to partake to the same mm. normality as to what you would have maybe previously. But that's kind of like the sacrifice that you made. In the same token, there is degrees where maybe you might be able to navigate like a a flexible tract kind of meal. And yeah. I I like to opt for what is best for the client and like for myself I would be doing the same thing so um like for my girls that are competing for season eight at the moment um they have been informed that they are able to have a flexible track day um but that's because we have built nutritional literacy we have um ensured that we are ahead of plan and um the girls understand what is like involved when it comes to that and what there are in regards to limitations if someone had a bad relationship with food and was behind the ball game that would obviously not be an option so I think it's dependent on yeah context for sure exactly so like even um even with comp prep and obviously the holiday period I think that it shouldn't be looked at as like, oh, it's a holiday period. It I can be relaxed and things. It's like, no, you, you set yourself to a goal. It, it's disregarding the fact that, you know, there are events happening. You could mm. have events at any time of the year and it could just correlate um, with obviously you being in prep, but that's the decision that you made at that point in time. Yeah, I know that lots of people do have free meals on Christmas Day mm. and like that's completely, you know, each to their own. I guess when I'm in comp prep, I just think, like there is someone out there who is working just as hard as I exactly, am who's yeah. packing everything to the T. Like am I really just going to, um, you know, have a meal just for the sake of it? Like I I have never genuinely like prepped over Christmas, so I can't. I haven't I can't either, <laughs> but I always um, prep for me is always over my birthday, mm. my family's birthdays and um, our anniversary. So I miss out on about four occasions every time yeah Yeah. so I guess that's just the sacrifice exactly I mean me personally I feel like I wouldn't have an untracked meal I would I would work though like I would yeah you'd be like tracking yeah yeah. yeah. so I would still have those foods and even I yeah I made a Christmas recipe book as well so I have heaps of macro friendly recipes in there for Christmas time so there's definitely ways to work around that so you can have a little bit more flexibility with my clients I have scheduled diet breaks over that time so that worked in really well um so that way I guess they do have higher calorie days but you know I know some coaches who allow their clients have free meals in the past I have had let clients have like just a balanced plate and have a free on track mm. meal. It really is very context dependent. I think it depends on the individual. Yeah. And also what they're wanting to do as well. I agree. Yeah. 
because I feel like if a coach was to give me a free mile, I probably wouldn't take it um, just because I think that, you know, when I'm all in prep, I'm all in. I don't really want to take any um, chances, I guess, but I definitely am like 100% when I'm <laughs> in prep. So agree. Yeah. Tolerated. Yeah. So like holidays and like training, do you find that you have difficulties with your own motivation or like others around you motivating training or because I know that this one's a tricky one because obviously um, people that have a consistent schedule and obviously training regularly, that might not impact them and they might still be able to fit in their normal routine. But others that are like might be just a little bit more into fitness as a regards to maybe more recreational or you know their goal is a little bit long term in regards to when they maybe next step on stage they might be a little bit more loose with their training or maybe they're going Mm. on holiday um and then I guess there's also the other spectrum where people feel the need to like overtrain and things because they've got that guilt association yeah yeah so how do you find the best way to navigating like training in regards to being in holidays um obviously you don't want to use that as a form of punishment Mm. but I think when you know more about your total daily energy expenditure and realize like how small of a percentage the exercise is in your total daily energy expenditure you recognize how like insane it is to think that you could ever work that off so um yeah there's there's no point punishing yourself in the gym I try and just flip that script in my mind and just try and remind myself that food is fuel and you know I'm using that as energy and I'm going to have a great workout I'm going to hit some pbs I think just using that more positive dialogue can definitely help you improve your relationship you know with your food and your body and your training and just perceiving it that way as opposed to oh I need to you know burn x amount of calories because I ate you know some of mum's Christmas pudding like that's <laughs> definitely not not the sort of relationship that you want to foster with food or training or yourself for that matter so um yeah I think just keeping to a similar routine obviously if you're going to be um out of routine then just doing the best that you can I know when I was in America I still did train a little bit um obviously my situation is a lot different because I've had my surgery so I um when I was home I was only training once or twice per week you know just doing my rehab uh while away actually yeah still trained twice per (laughs) week on my own whereas before it was at the hospital with my physio so this was a really big deal for me to actually train by myself yeah so something that yeah, it had just really affected my confidence because every time I would exercise, I would have a flare up and I would be in a lot of pain. So um, I guess just yeah, building up my tolerance, building up my capacity and overall confidence with training. So I've really actually been enjoying it again, which is That's very, great. very exciting. Yeah. yeah. So I think I did, yeah, two sessions a week. So we were at a hotel. Oh, so the first week we were at Airbnb. So we just went to the gym, I think, once or twice. Then following two weeks, we were at hotels, which both had gyms. So um, obviously minimal equipment in these gyms. Yeah. Um, not that I can do too much, but it was nice just to move my body. Uh, we were doing so much walking, actually. I think also recognizing that there are so many ways to be active and it can be a nice way to just mix things up. Like, yeah. you know, it's summer in Australia, maybe you're going swimming for the day at the beach or you're doing lots of walks or going for a bike ride. Like all these forms of exercises no, nice to move your body and it's nice to maybe have a break from your structured training and 
realistically, if you're gone, it might be like a week or two in the scheme of your training career. It's really going to be the tiniest little blip. So um, even treating that as a deload, um, my client Liv that I went over with, she normally trains five times per week, but we just thought that's probably not going to be realistic when we're going on day trips and things like that. And, you know, we obviously want to, you know, focus a bit more on, um, you know, sightseeing and things like that. So she said, yep, I can probably commit two, three sessions per week. So we just did three full bodies. Um, And yeah, she just did that each week. So she still got some sort of movement in. She's still getting that stimulus, but she wasn't um, training as she normally would. And, you know, now that she's back home, she's back into routine. So, you know, it is temporary and don't train because you want to like punish yourself or work off anything, like train because you genuinely love it. Like that's why I was exercising not because I thought, oh, you know, I haven't eaten the best in America and now I need to burn this off. Like it was because I genuinely like like training and I enjoy it. So, yeah. I think that was a good message because I think a lot of people think that, for one, I'm eating more food. That means I need to to do more, which mm-hmm. is obviously not the case. Like, yes, maybe you're eating more, more food than you normally would need, but um, it's a short period of time and – um you know if you do have weight gain okay accept it um but enjoy enjoy it for what it is and and um just ensure that what you're doing aligns with your goals but like you said if you are like traveling on holidays and and sightseeing and stuff like you don't have to try to fit everything in um there are other ways that you can move your body and a week of a week or two of training is not going to impact your ability to maintain your muscle mass. You, you'll be absolutely fine. And yeah. I think planning in something like a diet break and a deload over your busiest time during Christmas is a fantastic option. Um, yeah. And it still means that you're progressing. And if anything, you might recover and be really ramped up and ready to go after that period and really energized, really motivated to get back in like pushing yourself in your gym uh training sessions yeah it's almost like a like, yeah. yeah a little break for your mindset I think because yeah I definitely was eager to get back home get more equipment in the gym and you know eat well <laughs> so um I think yeah just being realistic with what like how you're wanting to approach things I knew when I went to America you know I'm probably going to indulge a bit because there are a lot of foods that I wanted to try out a few restaurants that I wanted to go to or bakeries mm-hmm. so I knew that you know that might involve you know a bit of weight gain and that's just something that I was comfortable and willing to accept because you know weight can always be lost like weight can always be gained like your weight is not going to stay the same throughout your entire life it's going to fluctuate so I think just accepting that and you know I had a great time in America I wasn't thinking about how much I weighed I was you know enjoying Magnolia's bakery like velvet <laughs> cheese like red velvet cheesecake like you get a cheesecake factory this is so off topic I'm so upset I did bed. not no <laughs> cheesecake factory is really good we went to a little place in Canada that stocked it but it was nowhere near as good as like actually being at the cheesecake factory so I was a little disappointed I didn't think of you because that was our post-comp meal yeah 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 went. that was great we um so after worlds in New York um Amy came with us as well. So yeah. we went, what is it? It was like 1 a.m. It was like midnight, 1 a.m. or something like that. We very went late. To, I was surprised. That's why the comps are on two days. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So we obviously went there for our post-comp dinner. I think we had a burger and um slice of cheesecake each. And, yeah, that was a good time. That was a lot of fun. It so That's something about <laughs> America, though, is every single menu contains the calories. Yeah, which is kind of discerning because you look at it and you're like, ooh. 
<laughs> yeah, because you think, oh, like, how can they possibly make that more calories? Like, there's like a shake and it's like 800 calories for this one little shake and you can't believe it. But I know because uh, that was something that my client Liv, who I was traveling with, was uh, a bit, I guess, hesitant about because she had just come out of a comp prep herself and then obviously traveling and going overseas and being out of routine, not following the same structure with your training and then obviously being a lot more flexible with your nutrition. But like I told her, like, when are we going to be in America together again? Like, it's just definitely a case for memories over macros. And, you know, once it's two to three weeks, like once you get home, you'll get back into routine. You'll have made all of those amazing memories. Like you definitely don't want to be um, spending that time stressing over calories or, um, you know, whether you got that session in or not. So, I mean, that's just my perspective on things. Obviously it's completely dependent on what your goals are. Obviously if you're on a comp prep or something, then that's, irrelevant but if it's something that you're worried about I think just yeah I just I think really focusing on just being present and enjoying the moment and just being mindful and um yeah yeah I I agree I think um like obviously for both of us going to Kansas like it's just another another city so it doesn't really impact too much like I'll be training my normal schedule but um when I've traveled uh in the past I've actually opted for trying to get in like gym sessions really early in the morning. So that way I'm not obstructed by like time and I have plenty Mm. of time to do other things. And look, yeah, there's sometimes not the most productive sessions because you're trying to to get in a, a large amount or like what you can. And maybe you don't have access to everything that you normally would, but no, it's still, it's still a session. There's still, it's still something I still moved. And then and then you're like, not missing out on anything. Like if your no. family's doing something during the day, it's not like you have to miss out on family lunch because you're at the gym or anything. No, yeah, like getting and, that out of the way early. Exactly. And there's even if you don't have a, a gym membership, say you're say you're traveling to your family's house for Christmas or a week around Christmas or going away for New Year's, like even if you don't have a gym membership that has multiple locations and 24 hours, there's so many that you can just go and do a day pass, a casual pass for, or if you are lucky to have a franchise membership, like a fitness first or anytime, like feel free to like go into a different location, even if it's outside of your normal time and just like go in and, you know, train and kind of get excited for training somewhere different. I think that that's actually really fun and, you know, if you do move away from your training program, okay, like use that as an opportunity to maybe just enjoy yourself and be outside of your normal environment. I think that can be really fun over the holiday periods is just like having some enjoyment like that because it's something different. Yeah, And even get your family involved as well. I know that my brother's really keen for me to come and actually like show him how to strengthen. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, he he grew up doing boxing. So yeah, he I guess is more focused on cardiovascular fitness as opposed to training for strength. So yeah, he's actually keen for me to go into the gym and show him a few things. And also his girlfriend, last time I was in Cairns, I trained with her just to help her build a little bit more confidence in the gym too so you know you can make it fun like get your family involved as well it doesn't have to be this like isolating thing no, where no, you know no. you're, you're uh, you know not um spending time with family because you're at the gym or anything like that yeah get get them involved like make it fun so yeah, so, yeah there's definitely plenty of plenty of opportunities to be active and if you don't have access to a gym like you don't necessarily have to do that like I said there's so many different things you can do like swimming and hiking and walking and biking like yeah 
it's going to be such a small fraction of time. <laughs> um, you are not going to lose your gains. I can promise you that. If I have not lost all of my muscle after two spinal fusion surgeries, I think you are going to be absolutely safe in saying that you're not going to lose all your muscle from not training for a week. <laughs> it's true. I have to admit, though, there were a few years where I actually did train on Christmas Day. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, I don't know. To me, I guess, like, I do love Christmas, but it is another day, realistically. Yeah. Like, if you want to yeah. train, go do it. <laughs> it's uh, Look, if you want to go to a quiet gym and you have a 24-hour gym, then go on Christmas Day. Yeah. Because <laughs> obviously most people are, um, like, doing stuff with their families. I think that like, maybe if you're someone that doesn't have your family around you or you're not mm. doing anything on that day, like, that's fine. Like, that's no problem. Like, you'll be surprised by how many people are similar to you. And um, like, I obviously did that when I was single. So it was quite a few years ago, but um, like my Christmas day with my family was very relaxed. So it'd be no problem me dipping out for a couple of hours and going, you know, doing a session yeah. and just like enjoying it and then coming and fast and then move your body. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Everyone else month. was just having a nap and I'm like, okay, I'm going to go, go do something. It's so textbook to have a nap. <laughs> it, is, <laughs> like, it totally is. And I'm like, I'm going to go like do a PB. Yeah. See you later. Yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, like there's no, there's no shame in that either. If you choose to do that because you enjoy it and it shouldn't like I chose to do that because I wanted to. It was never a, like I felt like I had to either, mm-hmm. um, and either had to because I was eating more food that day, or because I had guilt because maybe it was a normal training day. Yeah. Uh, it was just like I just really wanted to, and yeah. um, like I had some kind of really fun sessions on mm-hmm. those years when I did that. So um, obviously, like that's not the case now because um, like I am doing more family stuff on Christmas, but. If you want to train on those days, like there's nothing, n- nothing to say. Don't like. Yeah, I think just ensuring you're doing it for the right reasons. Yes. like you said, not as a form of punishment or because you feel like you have to or anything like that. Doing it because you genuinely want to. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <That was laughs> I'm just laughing at myself because I literally remember one year I was like, I'm gonna deadlift PR. And I think it, <laughs> I think I had a very full stomach, so it wasn't enough. Oh, no. <laughs> so yeah, if you, you train on Christmas Day, make sure you haven't eaten too much food. That's all. Oh yeah, there's nothing worse than training when you're overly full. That was pretty much me every day when I was in my build phase. <laughs> that's why how I so relate to when you said like I was just excited to be hungry again. I was like, I've been there when you're yeah. like shoveling in carbs, and you're like, I just miss feeling hungry, like. It's actually funny how um it it's a nice sensation. It sounds really warped when you hear it like that because yeah. if you've never experienced that after being in a surplus for a long time or building for a long time, um, like obviously it sounds kind of strange to be like you want to be hungry, but it's it's more of like that control um like controlled, comfortable hunger. It's not like uh, it's excessive, it's just like I'm experiencing a sensation and I'm sitting with it and like mm. I'm embracing, okay, that's there. But at least then I can uh, manage that and go, oh, okay, now it's time for me 
to eat my next meal and building my awareness of my hunger and satiation cue. So it's actually nice to feel that kick in again. And then obviously like that's assisting knowing that, you know, the meals that I'm consuming, they're varied and they're diverse enough to to cater for those needs as well, which is good. So Mm -hmm. I think that's it's actually a good thing. I don't think it should be looked at like as as like a bad thing um, by any means. And like if you are someone that is competing, like you're gonna be feeling it's that. It's gonna have to embrace embrace yeah. the <laughs> Like it's uncomfortable, but that's just that's the sport, isn't it? It's discomfort. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's cool. So like obviously, like we're not providing any like perfect solutions for obviously navigating this kind of period, but at, like everyone is obviously gonna do what's best for them and what they feel like is necessary, but it is nice to sometimes hear about how other people might navigate this period and what, you know, what has worked for them well and what doesn't work. But, um, you know, every year I think is always going to be different as well. Yeah. I think ultimately just not being too hard on yourself. Um, you know, it's okay to overindulge every now and then, like it happens. It's not going, like, just don't let it completely derail, you know, your health and fitness goals at all. I think, yeah, just really focusing on being mindful this time of year, really trying to be present and enjoy the moment with friends and family and have less focus on food. Um, Food is always going to be there. And, yeah, just really focus on spending time with the people who love you. That's it. That's it. So, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) What would be your main takeaway? Um, I think just figuring out what balance looks like for you. which I guess is easier said than done. But um, if obviously you know what your goals are and what you need to do in order to align with your goals, okay, just be realistic and know that um, obviously like you want to try to align your behaviours to support that. And if you start to fall to the point where you're not really aligning with those goals, then be really aware of that and actually kind of pick yourself up on that and actually check yourself um, because I think it's really easy to just fall into that mentality of like, oh, I'm not going to worry about it or I'll deal with it another day. or deal with it in 2024. (laughs) Exactly. So, you know, there's nothing wrong with acknowledging that maybe you're falling behind a little bit and, you know, you need to pick things up a little bit more. And maybe it just means like we talked about before about having that 70, 30, 80, 20 split. So that way you are a little bit more regimented on some days or most of the days of the week. And then, you know, you have that little bit more flexibility on key days when you are doing something more special or uh, having a gathering. So yeah. I think that, that's that accountability. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that yeah. accountability for sure. Checking in with yourself. I know that after America, I haven't felt the best, <laughs> um, obviously, because we were indulging a fair bit. So now that I'm home, I'm not necessarily dieting or anything, but I am just really prioritizing having more whole foods and foods that make me feel good just because that's what I'm actually like craving at this point. I just want to feel good. I want to move my body. Um, So yeah, I guess yeah, just doing what is right for you and you'll find that sweet spot by putting yourself in those situations and you're not going to get it right every time. Like that's the thing. I've had plenty of instances, especially post-comp where I've gone to events and maybe focused more on, you know, the snack table than I have the people around me. Um, But it is what it is. Like you're going to have situations where you're not perfect with food and you may overeat and um it's all just a learning process really whereas like now 
because I've come so far in my, you know, relationship with food that it doesn't matter that the snow table is right there. Like I'm enjoying the moment with, you know, friends and family and the people around me. So, um, yeah, you're not going to get it right every time. You're not going to be perfect. And that's just reality. I think just being kind to yourself and just treating it as a process because that's, that's all you can really do. You can only ever do your best. That's it. That's it. I agree. Yeah, that's pretty much all we have today, ladies. We hope that you enjoyed this episode and we hope that you're all enjoying the festive period, most importantly, without guilt, enjoying some delicious food, making memories and lifting heavy as fuck. Until next time. (laughs) Bye. Bye.